everyone, and welcome to Unscripted Equity Curiosity, Season 2, Episode 16. My name is Amir Joseph. With me today is Andrew Friedman. Um, we don't have Felix today. He is in an undisclosed Chinese location. Just kidding. Um, Andrew and I got started with the conversation a little before you all are joining, um, because we were sort of offline and chatting. And then I was just like, oh, my God, this is a good conversation. Let's just flip the switch. So we put the switch, and here's what we're up to, okay? Um, bringing you all up to speed. It's, we, I'm a growth guy. Andrew, I, I, I guess, I guess that's, that's, that's actually a fine place to start. I'm a growth guy at times. I recognize that sometimes growth gets priced out, and then there's startup opportunities. Typically, over very, over the 20 plus years of my career, I find, that in my area, Garp gets slaughtered and you go, you have to swim all the way to the edges. Growth outperforms over a long time and then deep value outperforms. And you go, Garp gets on. Maybe we're entering the Garp period. But anyway, the point, what Andrew and I have been back and forth about right now over the last few minutes is it's hard to know what's priced in. Um, and so, you know, I'm having the trouble with Okta. Andrew was just talking about Snapchat. Um, and you know, comps are are comps going to get easier? Is are is the market already extrapolating like worst and then the worst and then the worst, or is okay? I'll give you an example, Andrew. Uh, Octo reports tonight. You all are going to hear this on Saturday morning, so you all know the dramatic conclusion of this. Um, Octo is going to be revenue by a big mile because the street model dutifully, but the formula for revenue is pretty simple. It's all backward looking, right? It's about backlog growth. That's the forward-looking stuff. That I think was okay in Q2, but it's going to slow in the second half this year. How do I know that? Well, I, whatever. I went through all of that in the morning call and in the notes and such. But it seemed to me like with the stock having gone from several hundred dollars to sub hundred dollars, that just even revenue and inflection approach for cash, so it might be okay. It might be it might keep it in the range. Um, it doesn't seem like it's like the right moment to like hit the press button, but it's also hard to know what's what's baked in. Like maybe there's too many growth people still stuck in this stock. Andrew was talking about Snapchat in similar terms. Andrew, so why don't you you pick us back up where you were on Snapchat, like yeah, with comps. Yeah, I, I mean, and um, I'm just coming off of a uh, <laughs> a black book, everybody. So if I'm a little spacey that's that's why it's just a lot of work that goes into those things um big adrenaline rush and then you come off on the other side of it um i i think so maybe like before i kind of go into snapchat just like your original point around like garp or growth like i mean from my seat it does like i don't i i don't think like those classifications are super helpful i think like actually and you may disagree with me and and that's, that's fine so i mean no offense but like I just think that, you know, everyone's just trying to fundamentally buy mispriced assets. Um, and whether you're GARP, value, growth, whatever, right? That is like, you're all, everyone's trying to do the same thing. And value investors, deep value investors might say, oh, that's high free cash flow, low key stocks, right? But like, that's, how many value traps have you seen, at least in my space with media, has that just been the recipe to lose money? Um, or the opportunity cost of capital is just enormously high um, versus, you know, go, go growth, right? Like, oh my gosh, like this company's trading at 15 times sales and it's going to triple off because growth is accelerating and, 
you know, estimates are too low, right? So they're beating um, estimate, like growth estimates and their positive revision cycle. And so for my seat, um, you know, it really comes down to like several factors. It comes down to, you know, first and foremost, like, is the business getting better or worse? And the rate of change, inflection, whatever KPI that matters, you know, that could be bookings, MAUs, revenue, um, you know, my space, it's typically, you know, subscribers, MAUs or revenues, um, you know, whatever matters. But then on the, on the flip side of that, you know, you also have to consider like estimates, right? Because you can have a situation where, um, you know, a company can beat, right? But the stock goes down um, and it could have a positive, it could accelerate for a quarter um, and uh, beat and the stock goes down, right? Or vice versa. And <clears throat> I think that's like the whole game within the game of like, and the question you posed when we were talking about earlier on is like, what's priced in, right? Um, and so well, let me, let me put it, I'm sorry, let me put it yeah. differently, Andrew. Um, like before we started recording, you and I were talking about how like our July and August, you know, better, like we become better than expected, you know, after June was terrible. Um, is that going to lift the stock on Snapchat, for example? And like, I, I had a PM once who said the best thing ever, he was, cause I was discussing with him like, oh, I'm not sure tactically, like if I want to be long into this quarter or, or like, you know, be out of the stock sort of, he took a step back and he said to me, listen, I'll Every time I try to figure out the near term, I screw it up. He's mm. like, but when I take a big step back and I think about the duration, like three years, four years, do I want to be long this stock or do I want to be short this stock? That's when I think most you see, clearly. Yeah, so like on that, Snapchat, for example. But but or, the thing or, the thing is the thing is is that and you know this, like three to four years, like doesn't like nobody knows. Right? Like, no, but it's a, like, but it's I mean, a, Snapchat. No, it's like, a thinking construct. It's yes. a thinking construct. Yeah, no, it's a total thinking construct. Like, it, like, is this the kind of company that has advantages no. that can yes. scale so the, those advantages? Yeah, no, the, the, answer, the answer to that is no, right? Like, they don't have, like, and, and maybe, like, is it, and, and that's like where management is crucial, right? Like, you have confidence in this management team. Do they have a track record, um, you know, to deliver? And, you know, and if you do and they have a, you know, a strategy that you think is reasonable, then you, and you can buy into it or you think that it's a good product or a good service um, that may just be, you know, going through a tough time in the short term, then yes, I, I totally understand like the whole three to four year view. Um, I guess my point was more or less just around, hey, you know, your, the, this, the last up, data update, the last quarter informs the long-term view, right? Like that's what people are going to anchor on and extrapolate. And so, yeah. So like with Snapchat, the setup, like we've been short it for a while. Like is it, we, we called the turn back in what, October, like the first crack where they, where the stock was down 30% because they missed revenue by 2%. <laughs> like, you know, when it's trading at like 15 times sales. Um, and, you know, we've kind of always eyed like the most difficult growth comparisons on a year-year basis being May, June, like April, basically like April, May, June timeframe. Um, and, you know, we've seen growth decelerate fairly significantly over that period. Um, and, you know, going into this last quarter, it was, you know, still obvious that estimates were probably still too high, um, that they were going to disappoint, that our all of our short-term data tracking and checks suggested that June was bad, July was not getting any better. 
Um, but you know, at the same time, I knew that, um, you know, at least in my sector, uh, August and September had the potential to be much better. Uh, Actually, I shouldn't say much better, just better, right. Less worse because, um, you just had easier comparisons on a year over year basis. Cause this time last year is when everything started to kind of fall out of bed. Um, you know, related to social media, IDFA, ATT, impact, supply chain, bottlenecks, e-commerce, the whole nine yards, right? Everything really started to turn uh, negatively on a, you know, on a second derivative basis this time last year. And it's, we've been on that slowing path. And now we're basically, you know, at the same exact, almost like to the date, like I was looking at Facebook stock chart and it peaked on, on September 1st. 2021. And that's like, and, and it was all been all downhill from there. And so now I'm thinking, and then I, like all my checks are like, Hey, you know, when did Facebook really start to roll? Like it was September, like the beginning of September, the first week of September of 2021 is when things started to really, the fundamentals started to deteriorate or crack. And so now I'm sitting here after this stocks down massively, everyone's super bearish, including us. The macro looks really weak. Um, estimates have been slashed, but the comps get easier. And then it becomes a question of, does it matter? Um, and, and over what duration? So, you know, that's, and that's what we're seeing with Snapchat too, mind you, right? Like they guided to basically, um, flat revenue growth in July. They pulled guidance. What does the street do? Let's suppose the sell side do. They, in the absence of that guidance, they basically just take their Q3, Q4 estimates to whatever the last reported data point was, like I mentioned earlier, which was July revenue growth of 0%. <clears throat> and so I talked about this in our last wrap call on July 30th. I was like, look, the risk here is that you know the stock's down 40%. Um, there's really no long-term fundamental case to be made here. Um, structurally, I think there's a lot of issues. Um, so not really, you know, it's not like this is like a, you know, a, a cyclical opportunity to take advantage of, you know, uh, and get paid on a secular basis. Um, but, you know, as we kind of move past July 3rd, you know, into August and September, that if they go to conferences, if they, you know, get their house in order to some extent, that we could get, you know, a press release or some type of news that, you know, hey, our revenue growth wasn't 0%. It's 3%, right? It's 5%. You know, it's eight percent, which is what they reported. Which yeah, is, you know, I, like that's that's the. I get it. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. We're playing that game. It's a losing game, right? This is this is a losing game. Like, I, I, I but 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 it happens. You know, you wrap your well, head. Well, I mean, look, I, I think it's a losing game if you if you if I think it's a losing game if um, you know, if you're if you just focus on like. You know, if you're really just focusing on the next three weeks, right? Like, I mean, you have to, because, because ultimately, like, is Snapchat going to be along? I mean, I, it, if, if, what's we the get, bull case? What's the bull case on Snapchat? <laughs> the bull, I mean, look, the bull case on Snapchat um, is that they have a, they're still growing users um, and that they have an engaged user base of, you know, primarily Gen Z, which, I'm not even sure that's like a great bull case, right? Because it's subscale. They're not growing share of engagement. They're therefore they're not growing share of budget. So like, you know, I don't think they're ever really going to be able to achieve any level of true scale. 
Um, so really the bull case becomes just a rate of change story, right? Like less worse, easier right. comps, growth rates reaccelerate, e-com picks up, ad budgets start to turn back on on the margin. Snapchat's still there. Like a cyclical, cyclical. Yeah, they're totally, cyclical yeah, yeah. You want to buy cyclicals yeah, but, but when they're gonna, like. But your winners yeah. are, your longs are going to have a cyclical benefit as well. Like you're, you're, the ones you like, secularly, will also have a cyclical benefit. And so yeah. you're going to, you're going to reap the, the margin between those two things. Let me tell you, like, um, when, when cycles, let me tell you about, um, let's talk about Samsung for one second. Maybe I'll also jump into TSMC for a second. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, like, in when when macro cycles, semi cycles, right? Let's say um, fall apart. Do you know what Samsung does when things are really bad and they hurt so bad? They accelerate their capex spending. Yep, yep. So they're coming out. They have lower cost than peers, and usually, and that was like the story of like the last twenty years between Samsung and Micron. Maybe that ended like I don't know three years ago. Let's just say it'll probably replay itself the next twenty years. But Samsung would always press on the gas at a time when Micron was like, oh no, we just overextended and we can't, and we're in the debt, and we're like half a step behind you guys, and then suddenly they're going to be two and a half steps behind, and they can't lever up further because they're levered up, and so on and so forth, and the debt falls apart. But Samsung can. Because they've got all these other businesses and you know, et cetera, and maybe not entirely truthful accounting or whatever. And then they can they can scale up their EBITDA and, and you know go for it um at those times and put the hurt onto their competitors. TSMG does the same thing. And if you're along those and you're short the loser at the turn of the cycle, well, the loser's gonna go up a lot too, but you're gonna be fine. Like you know what I'm saying? Like it's just gonna be okay. You're gonna you're gonna live to play another day. Uh, the winner will make new new high, sec, new highs, like all-time highs. And the loser will make cycle highs, but they won't make all-time highs. You know what I'm saying? Like, they'll be that dynamic. So you'll continue to gain the alpha between those two things. Yeah, I that's, think that's that makes sense. Yeah, no, yeah, that makes sense. And, and, and I think the, the way I'm thinking about it is like, you know, it's, you know, from at least from a cyclical standpoint, because everything's so advertising-driven, um, especially in digital, I mean, it's, uh, <clears throat> you know, we knew that, you know, like I said, July, August, September could potentially be better or sorry, August and September could be better, but then you know that there's tough comps, right? So then, so then what do you do, right? Like, I mean, is it like, do you go, you could go long for a trade, right? If that's your, if that's your style, right? If you're a PM or your individual investor, like you see that coming, right? You can make a calculated bet on a specific event in the short term. Um, but at the same time, it's like, well, then you know that things are going to roll back over, um, in Q4 going into Q1, or at least that's the high probability outcome. Right. And so then you're really, like you said, like it's playing like a losing game because the odds of getting whipsawed or or miscalculating the positioning is just truly, um, it's just very high. Yeah. So then you, you probably are just better off just like having your eye to when you think the turn, the true turn is going to be right. And, um, <clears throat> you know, and then kind of just ignoring this shorter term stuff, but, um, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's always like, I mean, XLC has been like the biggest on like XLC, my space, like, I'm, like I said, I'm just been bearish forever. It feels like, um, the biggest, it's like down 30%. It's not more than your sector, XLK, um, like, 
it's it's under and it, and that's on top of the underperformance from Q4 last year, right? Um, and so you know I'm just you know maybe a little bit more sensitive because of that because it's like we've been going through kind of like this valley of death for so long that you know easier comps after such a big period of underperformance, um, you know maybe you know like I said like XLC as I as as we're like sitting here right now, XLC is up 78 basis points. And the S&P's down 42. That's the actually that, that might be the biggest relative outperformance for XLC um, that I've seen in all year. Um, right as we're kind of maybe coming up against easier comps, right? So, you know, I, I just sit there and I and I just think, right? Like, you know, is that a sign, right? How much signal is that? Um, and you know, maybe it's a sign that it's the beginning of the end, right? Like it's basically I, I admit, so. I admit I do that too. But I feel like these are the things, these are the, this is, these are the noise points that we've all been sucked into watching because the daily reversals are so hard mm-hmm. and so painful. And our duration has come down to these like looking for, looking for these, looking for signals and noise. Whereas like a year ago, for example, when you mentioned how things peaked out or whatever, what I had noticed was from the, from the 2010 period up until about a year ago, almost in an unbroken streak, maybe there were like a couple of wobbles to it. Duration extended. So remember a minute ago, I said that PM had said like, you know, three years, you know, look out three years, two to three years. When he said that to me, he was um, pretty innovative and unique. When he said it to me, it was like 2006. Um, and I remember like, that was awesome. Cause like at the time, most funds were thinking in six to nine month terms. So two to three years was just like an innovation. But by the end of that 10 years of moving from like 2010-ish time frame to like a year ago, even like fast money hedge funds were coming to me and saying things like, oh, well, we're more like a private equity fund and we take long-term positions and we try to play duration and we don't worry about the short term and blah, blah, blah. And like when they when people would say it to me, I'd be like, oh my God, this market is upside down. When like when everyone's playing duration, if duration is too, everyone's long duration. And I think, I don't know if we're at the bottom, but I definitely think today we're all looking for that, like, oh my God, you know, XLC or XLK, whatever it is, IGV is outperforming this morning. Um, that's it. This is it. You know, like the data is turning. We're having a better, like you said, better August uh, than July, better July than June. That's two months in a row. And here we are. Um, and it's like, We've forgotten how to, or, or not forgotten, but like we were, we're uh, the market itself is upside down. Our clients and us, everyone is upside down in terms of the, you know the, the get about thing about like what's a good company, what's a bad company. Because I mean they've all gone down seventy percent, right? Like it's not, it doesn't matter. And maybe the bad companies have outperformed simply because they were already a little bit cheap going into this, and they're shorted, and so it's like there's less, you know, there's less people to sell. Uh, those ones. So maybe those have actually outperformed a tiny bit. But I think that it's a, um, I think this is really an important point to like just remember what makes, what helps us all have clarity of vision. And it's looking at time horizons that, that others are willing to look at. And maybe that's the long term time horizon. And sometimes maybe it's a super short term time horizon. Those duration elements are, are, 
are good. And then if those tricks, those mental, and, and all of this is intellectual um, agility, right? The whole point is to stretch yourself for intellectual agility, to push yourself and say, let me let me place a, a, an intellectual burden on myself to, to push me out of my comfort zone and think about things differently and look at the world a little bit different, like, like stocks that you automatically hate. If you can't think of a bull case, then you don't know what the bull case is. It's like, if you don't know who the sucker is on Wall Street, it's you, right? It's that kind of thing. Um, always to push yourself out of the comfort zone and see it a different way. Those are very, very healthy uh, moments uh, as an investor to be thinking about things um, and to step back. And it doesn't mean you just go along the market, you know, broadly speaking. Like, I think Apple is fine. Apple is, or you and I can talk about Apple. You're, you're relevant to Apple too, but like Apple's fine. Why? What killed Nokia? Apple. Is there somebody coming out with something new? No. Uh, when somebody does, there'll be plenty of time to think about, you know, what killed, you know, what's going to kill Apple. Apple is the uh, is the i14 uh, iPhone 14 launch going to underperform? Yeah, or they, yeah, probably. And this is the downside. This is sure. But like Salesforce is a disaster. <laughs> like I wouldn't bet it with ten foot pole. So that's that gives me like it. You know, now I have my like, okay, one's okay, one's not so okay, right? Like I've got my sense of of self around those things where I can like navigate and remember those things as opposed to like where are they each of they in their comps, which is helpful, but it's also it can be limiting at times where everyone else is focused on. I think a year ago, for example, thinking through the comps and the fact that there was going to be a big I remember uh Yosef and I put out a theme deck in September 23rd that even we didn't believe, right? Like it was like we showed. Holy shit. Uh, number one, software is going to have horrible comps uh, starting from the fourth quarter and into uh, 2022. And software, and, and if you look at the history of multiple versus the growth rate, they were really very correlated. And therefore, this was going to be bad on every level because we're going to have, a, we're going to have estimates up go down and multiple lots go down. It's a double whammy. It's going to be terrible. And we got off that call. What did we do? Did we put everything on the short side? No, because we didn't believe it. We're just like, ah, I don't know. Did the December 1st uh, call. So these are the things that like, you know, when you have these insights. And now I'll tell you like where I am now. With software, a lot of software companies have a pretty easy path before. Like, and we're coming up to it. I mean, I guess getting past this earnings season, which in software is still just ending. We have another week or a week and a half of it to go. But like, 90 days from now, all these companies will guide an easier comp at your end. So I don't know, you stay short for another 90 days. Uh, certainly there's multiple risks, certainly there's quad four risk and things like that. But I, I think it's important to um, try to do that mentality, the mentality of like, you know, sitting next to this guy on an airplane and, you know, we're talking whatever, a CEO of a company. Uh, we talked about his business for a while. He asked me about what I do, told him. And he was like, you know, he, he was starting to go through the list, the, the large caps. What do you think of this one? What do you think of that one? You know, like, and I was, I wasn't giving him like the comps, right? And I wasn't giving him like multiple and dividend range and things like that. I was like, great company, going to sustain advantage, going to continue to accelerate, et cetera. Terrible company, duct tape, going to fall apart, right? Like, and that was, I was just trying to I keep it really, really simple. And sometimes that's a really, really good, healthy exercise. Um, sorry for the diatribe, Andrew. I don't know if that simulates any thoughts for you, or if you want to push back. Yeah, no, I, I think the yeah, no, I think it all makes sense. I mean, I think um, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, look, some of these uh, comps start to get easier probably around 
springtime next year, right? Like as we anniversary, like the the war in Ukraine and like the impact there. And then, you know, the big deceleration that we saw, I think, um, you know, I, I, and I haven't, you know, admittedly, I haven't seen many cycles, right? Like the, actually like the one cycle that I have witnessed firsthand and not, you know, uh, you know, was COVID, right? Um, and and someone may argue that wasn't a cycle. I, it was a, I think it was a cycle, right? In a very compressed period of time, um, that we snapped back out from, and then you know, it it seems to have ended very quickly, right? So it's like something that maybe like what the last cycle coming out of 08 was, um, maybe like twelve, what ten, 10 years? No, oh no, fourteen years. I mean, it's just long. Um, you know, slow growth, very linear for the most part. Um, you know, this last one is, was just so rapid. And so, you know, I, I think that one thing I'm struggling with is like, what is the right rate of growth on the back end? Um, because it seems like it's going to be a situation of slower for longer and it's hard to see what the catalyst is. Um, at the same time, I'm pretty convinced that we haven't seen any type of recession in the fundamentals. Like we've seen, um, revert, like mean reversion in growth rates. Um, as a result of like pull forward of digital adoption, you've seen that in your space, but as far as like true, like fundamental, like deterioration, like in business demand, um, it, it, it's like, we're just there, like it's happening on the fringe. And if it gets worse, then, you know, then, you know, who cares about your easy comps, right? Because you're going to comp negatively against an easy comp. And so that's, I think, probably the most frustrating part of where we are now, where sitting here this time last year, it's not like it was an easy call to make, but, you know, you just at least know that mathematically speaking, like you're going to slow precipitously just based off of seasonality, normalizing and comps alone. And you look and multiples are like at multi-year highs, right? So it's just a much higher, easier, easier shot to make. Where now it's much more, you have to be much more calculated. It's much more difficult to determine. There's much more volatility, both up and down in the short term, because, um, you know, you're kind of searching for some type of bottom, right? In, in trends and everyone's looking for that last estimate cut. You know, when's that last estimate cut going to be? Are estimates, you know, low enough? Um, and when will things reaccelerate? So I think that's, you know, the, the biggest aspect of it right now. I mean, and then That's, you know, and then internet. Yeah, the, yeah. yeah go I mean, ahead. The, sorry, go ahead. I mean, if you, I mean, I was just going to say, like, from a cycle perspective, yes, the, the the easier comp of this cycle. Again, history it doesn't repeat, but it's a good it's good to study because it can give you some, some cues in the map. This where we are now is much more like you know, kind of like a year after the two thousand bubble. So we're I don't know, we're late twenty two thousand one or yeah. something like this. Okay. And in that kind of world, there was always more downside. And it's not just the downside. It's that even when these stocks started to, excuse me, even when on an absolute basis, the TMT group in 2002 stopped going down, they underperformed as a group on the way up. And over time, went from being the most expensive stocks in the market in 2000 to some of the cheapest stocks by like 2012, and some of them even earlier on either earnings or free cash flow or revenue or whatever it is. And I think that's probably set to occur right now as well, where you have 
um, software companies are all pivoting towards free cash flow. There's going to be a surge of free cash flow next year. And everybody knows it. It's not necessarily making these stocks go up. So free cash flow is going to grow very rapidly for software companies for the next three years. Is it going to help the equities? I'm not sure. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it won't. I mean, maybe. Right. I mean, maybe, yeah, I mean, maybe like revenue estimates for 23 are still like 50% too high, like in terms of growth rates. Even if they're not, even if they're not, the valuation still can go lower because you're still, you you might, like I said, you might go from these being the most expensive stocks in the market to the cheapest stocks in the market. Um, Within these things, it's still really important um, to maintain the long-term view and Andrew, I'll give you an example that I, I refer to on my pro q and all the time is Amazon versus Akamai, where if you had bought both stocks at the top of the 2000 bubble, a year later, two years later, you'd be crying, you know, hiding under your desk as an analyst, probably fired two, three times over, et cetera. And, you know, like <laughs> going to get a, a side job at a gas station. Um, but if you look at the long term, if you had bought Aquamai, you're still underwater 20 years later. And if you bought Amazon, you're looking back and you're like, oh, I'm a pretty freaking smart guy, right? Because you bought Amazon at the top of the 2000 bubble. And that all worked out. You created a lot of wealth. That's a great entry point. Um, and you outperformed for a really long time. So I think it's really, really important, even with the sector view, that these all these stocks might go from being the most expensive to the cheapest across the S&P. And so we're going to underperform as a group for several years. Even within that, I think the most value, a lot of the value you can add, is not just that perspective of the group, but also um, within that, which are the Amazons and which are the optimized, those, that's the most important thing um, to stay focused on and to stay, to keep that as painful as it is, but to keep that from incentive. Because that is what's going to dominate the the um that's that's what's going to matter when all is said and done. The rest of it, yeah, I mean, yes, it it it's it's true that maybe solar is going to outperform tech, and tech is going to underperform energy, and gold is going to outperform both, or something like that, right? But like um, within tech, if you're if you're long Akamai, you're you're gonna you're never going to recover. It's better just to let it go and switch into the Amazon that fell just as much as the Akamai and stay with the long-term winner and ride the long-term winner and be, and be able to look back and be like, wow, I, I, that was okay. That worked that was painful at the time, but it worked out. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, no, I know what you're saying. I think, um, you know, it, it's, you know, these times are, um, you know, it, it, they're tough, right? Because you never know. Cause that you're, you're like you mentioned before, you're always focused on, you like you're focused on the short term because that's, what works, right? Duration doesn't get you paid. The duration is how you lose money, um, kind of, in, well, at least this year, right? In these types of market environments and bear markets. So you become way more focused, which, you know, to your point, you know, is an advantage if you can have conviction in who the winners are going to be longer term and, and you hold through that to the extent that, you know, you have a mandate where, you know, you're invested or you have to be invested or, you know, in certain stocks. I think, um, you know, it's, I think where I'm struggling at the moment um, with respect to ideas is that <clears throat> at, at least on the long side, there's just very, very few, <laughs> which maybe, you know, which maybe is, you know, in and of itself, you know, speaks volumes um, where, you know, internet is so complex, right? 
Um, it's fluid. There's really no, and media is the same way, but really internet in that like, there's like, like the barriers to entry are kind of low, right? Like it's tough to scale definitely. Um, but everything is just so fluid, right? Like you saw with like TikTok coming out, um, you know, di- advertising dollars, which is lifeblood can just move around so freely. They're just so sensitive to changes in marginal demand. Um, even someone like a Google, which is like free cash flow machine search is like they own search. Like it's a great company. Um, you know, is not without its kind of long-term, you know, secular risks, whether it's, you know, regulatory or, you know, policy-wise, right? Like, are they going to split up the ad tech pieces and what does that mean? Um, you know, what is the, is there, you know, potentially competition coming from Apple in search? You know, that's something that's always been talked about for a long time and widely dismissed. Um, so, you know, it's hard to take like a five to seven view, year view um, with any, like just knowing how fast things can change. Um, now if you put a gun to my head and say, you have to go buy and you have to go out and buy something for the next five years. Yeah. And Google's like a safe play, right? Um, may, I may not make any money on it, right? Unless but, they get broken up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, you know, I may not make any money on it. Um, or maybe meta, I mean, but meta might be the right play, right? Like if, if Zuckerberg, actually stabilizes the business, makes the transition and levers up the balance sheet, pulls an apple, you know, raises a bunch of debt, buys back like 20% of the float, right? Right at the bottom at a cyclical trough when everyone's given up on them right before the business starts to get better and the, and the, you know, what he's, and the decisions that he's making or the investments that they're making today, you know, start to maybe show some signs of, of um, yielding positive results whether it's actually truly getting better or if it's just, you know, it looks like it's getting better because the cyclical is getting better. Um, right. Like, cause there's that component too, like that could be something that's interesting, but um, you know, just for my process, it's always, and, and maybe this is the, yeah, every process has a blind spot, right. Every, there's a flaw in everything. And maybe it's that I'm just too focused on, um, you know, the, the, the rate of change, like the business, the changes in the business. Right. Um, you know, is it getting better or worse? Um, but historically it's worked in my favor more so than it's hurt me. Um, but it makes it much harder (laughs) to, uh, to come up with ideas with conviction. Um, because you know, you're not, you, you, you tend to be a little bit more sensitive to like the shorter term trends, the data, the data sets. And with that comes a lot of uncertainty, not that it's impossible to do. Right. But it's, um, it's something that's, I think, you know, something in my process that I've always been uncomfortable with, like kind of digging, like getting that long-term view, right? Um, in times of like great uncertainty and stepping up because the business trends look bad. And, you know, sometimes that means when everything's, you know, it's always darkest before the dawn, right? Aren't right on me. So that's kind of the thing. Um, so that's, that's where my process is typically struggled. Um, and I'm trying to get better at, but, you know, it's, Nothing that I'm seeing out there today suggests that you know, we're getting it better anytime soon. And that's kind of the where I'm hung up on. So I, I have think, three I longs. Think, yeah, I mean, I, I again, like, I, I like you. Okay, I'm caught up in the like, when is the darkest for dawn? When is it? When is when do we, when do when does the the twilight of the night start to yield? And oh, is that a little bit of light? Is that the fingers of the sunlight coming in? You know, all those things. Um, and then, oops, no, no, that was a plane, you know, <laughs> so that was a neighbor's car. 
you know, come, going to work early or something like that. His last headlights, you know, temporarily lit up the, the, the backyard or something. Um, I, I I think that's, those are the things, you know, staring at the table. And I think that those are the things that we're, I think we get, I think we can get very confused. You know, going back to my previous point, I think, I think it's better to try to just have a process that, you know, like we talked about, like where you're following winners and losers and thinking about business models and you're a student of business models and like which of these business models is going to be in a position um, to win in which these, you know, is, is, is but I, I accept that right now, um, making those kinds of observations is not easy. It's just one of those things that, because under the stress of right now, it's like everything looks terrible, right? Like, I mean, I'm sure the prop of, and I remember the prop of 2002, um, Amazon was derided uh, in newspapers and Wall Street uh, research analyst notes and uh, the joke and no profits and growth and slow and this now and it was just sort of, you know, it was like, a, it, was, it wasn't, uh, that, was, that was not an easy time. Um, to make a bet on Amazon. Everything was terrible at the time. It's just one of those things where we have to, you know, that's our job as analysts. We have to, um, you know, the, 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 when the windshield, as one portfolio manager mentioned to me once, he's like, when the windshield, as she, sorry, when she, she said, uh, when, <laughs> when it's, when the windshield's covered in sand in the sandstorm, you gotta turn on the, you gotta turn on the, 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 windshield wipers and maybe you have to squint to see the daylight but you got to do it because yeah. that's your job and we, that's what we have to do um another portfolio manager once said to me uh you know no under the blinds uh the one i man sees all so you know if you know even if you can't get to perfect clarity if you can get a hint of clarity sometimes if you're looking at plato's shadows on the wall sometimes you can actually do quite a lot of damage good damage positive stuff with that um, maybe that's a good place for us to wrap uh, yeah. episode 16 of season two, Unscripted Equity Curiosity. Thanks for joining Andrew and I for a raw discussion about what's priced in in TMT, how much pain is left to go, looking at ticker tapes, thinking about business models, trying to figure out which one's Amazon, which one is Okta, <laughs> and um, Snapchat and others. Uh, thank you very much for joining. We'll see you next time. This presentation is informational only. None of the information contained herein constitutes an offer to sell or a solicitation of an offer to buy any security or investment vehicle, nor does it constitute investment recommendation or legal, tax, accounting, or investment advice by Hedgeye or any of its employees, officers, agents, or guests. This information is presented without regard for individual investment preferences or risk parameters and is general, non-tailored, non-specific information. This content is based on information from sources believed to be reliable. Hedgeye is not responsible for errors, inaccuracies, or omissions of information. The opinions and conclusions contained in this report are those of the individual expressing those opinions and conclusions and are intended solely for the use of Hedgeye subscribers and the authorized recipients of the content. All investments entail a certain degree of risk and financial instrument prices can fluctuate based on several factors including those not considered in the preparation of the content. Consult your financial professional before investing. The information contained herein is protected by United States and foreign copyright laws and is intended solely for the use of its authorized recipient. Access must be provided directly by Hedgeye. Redistribution or republication is strictly prohibited. For more detail, please refer to the Terms of Service at Hedgeye.com slash Terms of Service.